Hello and welcome to the Dr. Lisa Clow podcast. This is Dr. Lisa Clow, your host, and today we are talking to Denise. Hello, Denise. Hi, Lisa. What part of your journey are we going to talk about today? Uh, uh, you know, it's hard to talk about parts of a journey without starting at a beginning, but I'll try to condense the beginning as much as I can. Sounds because, good. Because the most important part of most of our journeys is where we are now, right? That's right. <laughs> so um, I took a very windy path to get where I am today. I, where I am today is I'm a spiritual wellness specialist. Um, I... Uh, I know that you're familiar with the program that I got my certification through. It's the Natural Wellness Academy. Yes, I am in the middle of that process right now. Yeah, and it is a vast, comprehensive, um, just uh, really, I, I can't say enough about the program, and it, it dovetailed so amazingly with things that I had been pursuing my own, in, in my own way for more than 30 years. Wow. But but what it did for me was it pulled them all together and it gave them a coherent framework and it also offered um, formal coaching in coaching methodologies and effective ways of working people on improving their lives in their own ways because, you know, the most important principle for me when I'm working with folks, it's, it's, it's like with hypnosis, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis, all coaching is self-coaching, all, all healing is self-healing. I agree. So, yeah, so what the program really did for me was it, it, uh, it, it gave me a methodology for accessing this insane vast set of tools and practices that I've assembled over pretty much over the past 35 years since I've went off to college. So what were you, uh, what did you go to college for? Um, I, that in itself is a fun story. <laughs> there's, there's no good reason why I should have gone to college in the first place. I'll just throw that out there. I, um, I was raised in, um, in a cornfield that was, you know, built over abandoned coal mines with with all of the socioeconomic advantages that go along with that kind of an upbringing. Okay. <laughs> um, but the day that I took my ACT, it uh, it was the the morning after a theater cast party, and I I fully believe that it was my higher self who took that that standardized test, which mm -hmm. is it's like. It, um, because I, I was still more than tipsy from the night before. <laughs> <laughs> and um, long story short, I scored in the 99th percentile for uh, national students that year. Wow. And as, as a result, I got a four-year scholarship um, for room and board and tuition and fees. That's so, amazing. Yeah, so, I mean, there was, there was no question of my family making a quote-unquote family contribution to an education. This was the only way that I was going to get educated. And it happened. You know, I for years I thought it was luck. Now I know. Now yeah. I know better. Yeah. <laughs> but I ended up a dual majoring because I 
I didn't have to pay tuition on any hours. So I dual majored in psychology and a build your own burger major that was called communication arts. Hmm. That, that put together theater and classical rhetoric and persuasion and then um, the study of human communication, like interpersonal communication, group communication, uh, and um, even societal communication patterns and propaganda. So it was a really fascinating combination of things to study. Okay. I went back a few years later and got a master's in English, <laughs> just to top it all off. <laughs> And put all that together into a career that ranged all over in marketing, um, in editing. I worked for the American Medical Association. I edited some of the more interesting books in their statistical and diagnostic lines. So I have actually edited the manual on diagnosing everything that can possibly go wrong with the human body. Wow. From top, from top to bottom. That was... That was quite a learning experience <laughs> and, and nightmare fodder for years. <laughs> so from there, how did you get to the, the spiritual wellness specialist certification? The other thing that I started doing as a theater kid in college was running around with a bunch of people who did things like read tarot cards and cast astrological charts by hand, because this was the 80s. Okay. So that was when I started um, studying what we called at the time the occult, you know, because that's what it was called. That was also the era of satanic panic. So you didn't do this openly, especially in um, in a, a college town, the rural, where the most active campus groups were like Campus Crusade for Christ. <laughs> so most of most of my study was self-directed, was very quiet for a long time. Um, but I, I, I was self-taught in astrology. I was a, I was a lone practicing witch. Um, it is funny, I worked for a healthcare system out here in Southern California for 10 years, um, shared rides back and forth to my, my work place with a neighbor of mine for six years didn't find out until we neither of us worked there that we were both practicing which it's just something that you didn't talk about until these you know like the last couple of years so yeah i i found the spiritual wellness program at the end of 2019 in fact i think it was new year's eve and i had been feeling like my life needed to change. I had been doing freelance editorial work at that point for a few years after leaving the healthcare organization. And I just, I was at this point where I was facing the wall, a wall that I'd faced a few times. I realized I wasn't in alignment with my true self and I wasn't really helping anyone. Hmm. And I knew that to help people and I'd always wanted to help people and I'd never quite found a way to help people the way that I wanted to help people. And so that was that was the catalyst. I see. That was, that was the catalyst for the, the re the re the restart. Hmm. And so as you were um, practicing all these spiritual practices, how was that affecting your well being? 
to be honest, in the years when I was deeply immersed in corporate fitting in, I put my own spiritual wellness and my own spiritual practices away the shelf because um, they are not accepted, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, as widely uh, as uh, mainstream spiritual practices. So I, I did a lot of detangling of shame and... Um, got rid of all of that through the program and really reclaimed my own power and uh, got into a space where I, I released everything that wasn't serving who I really am, what's in alignment with my, my own personal values, and I, I stopped apologizing. I, I stopped apologizing for my beliefs and I stopped apologizing for my practices because they're the things that that keep me healthy, that make me strong. And that's, that's what I teach now when I work with folks to help them. If they're not in full alignment with their own highest best self, that's, that's what we work on. We work on uncovering what it's going to take to get into alignment. And so I believe you're calling this creative spirituality? Um, well, one of the practices that I do encourage people to do is use creativity as a spiritual practice. Okay. Um, it's, it's one tool. It's, it's actually one of the higher tools. But everybody has a capacity to get creative in some way, which is a way to get outside of yourself, beyond yourself, and to start speaking with that highest, best potential in yourself that can connect directly with what we call, you know, some people call it God, some call it source, some call it universal energies, some call it the force, some call it inspiration, but it's the thing that, that made Van Gogh paint, it's the thing that made Mozart write music, it's the thing that made your grandma knit those amazing heirloom blankets that are still in the family. It's it's a thing that makes us want to make something that will last and that will outlast our mortal existence. All of us have that drive in us somewhere and we all feel it at some subconscious level. The extent to which we can develop that is the extent to which we can get beyond the mundane worries and anxieties of the day and make ourselves um, focus on something beyond ourselves. And that that letting go of the anxieties is a process that's a healing one. Hmm. So did you yourself do some creative spirituality? Is that how you came upon the tool, or how did you learn about that? Yeah, so I have to back up again. I've always been an artistic um, human. And <laughs> have always heard from outside sources. That's nice, and you'll never make a living at it. Yeah. And so that, and so that get, and so that got put on a shelf, right? Because if you're not going to make a living at it, it's just a luxury. It's an indulgence. It's not important. It's a waste of time. You hear all of these little messages about your creativity that chisels away at its importance. 
Um, so I painted and drew as a kid. And um, I even took art lessons for a few years. And then when I turned, I think it was 15 or 16, um, you know, art lessons were not no longer affordable. And they weren't terribly expensive to begin with. I think it was one of my grandparents who paid for them. But um, then I just stopped. I stopped because, you know, there was school work to do and that took up hours. And, and so I stopped, being, I stopped being creative in that way. I picked up creativity again during the spiritual wellness program and started painting. Mm. And I started painting in ways that I had never painted before. And all of this was a part of exploring spirituality in ways that I had never explored spirituality. I also started um, physically moving and dancing. I've never done that. So I, I tried to explore physically connecting with energy hmm. in, um, in ways that I've never done so. I, I think that making connection with energy is something that we have to do through all of our senses and we may not necessarily be quote unquote good at doing it with each of our senses but we should uh, at least reach out and try through all of them and that's how we're going to find the, the, the connection points that are our own personal strengths and then those are the ones that we develop using sacred creativity. I see. So whenever you were working with this energy and you know, doing the painting and, and adding in some dance, mm -hmm. were you getting back to like who you really were as a person? I know you had said you'd put your spiritual practices on a shelf because you felt like they uh -huh. weren't accepted, but now you kind of were going through a metamorphosis of, of very, getting back. Yeah, very much so. Um, giving, giving myself permission to take one thing down off the shelf kind of opened a waterfall yeah and and it all cascaded down from there um that sounds wonderful yeah um and they're all interconnected and that is that's that's actually what exploring this this um this sacred create sacred creative impulse will do it it it, when you get all of the senses engaged in creating something, it, it begins to show interconnections between, very much like the spiritual principles that we're studying in, you know, that we, that we study in the, in the program, as above, so below, yeah. <laughs> as within, so without, um, pull on one thread and it will tighten threads in other areas inevitably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whenever, okay, so you've had this waterfall of opening up and spiritual um, creativity. And so what what did you do with yours? What did you do with it? Uh, so last year, um, early last year, I, I, I got vigorously back into my tarot practice. I, no, I'm sorry, not last year. <laughs> Let me back up. You know how everything seems like 2020? Yes. <laughs> in 2020, I got vigorously back into my tarot practice, among other things as well, and um, started guiding a group of other people through learning tarot as a part of that. So there's now a group that's been meeting since the spring of 2020 uh, studying tarot. Hmm. 
it's, it's a great group. Uh, but in addition to that, I started collecting tarot and oracle decks. And even so, some of them, there were just some that I wanted that didn't exist. And so I started making tarot decks, first hmm. with markers on blank cards, and then using a simple design software. I went on a road trip last summer, and I, I, I got together with my, my birth mother, who's also an artist. That's a whole other story. Don't think we have time for it in the podcast. But she saw one of my hand-drawn with markers decks, and she said, do you mind if I illustrate these? I said, oh, my gosh, I would be so honored because she's, she's been doing art since the 60s, since before I was born. Wow. In fact, I, in fact, I have, I have some of the crayon drawings that she did when she was pregnant with me in the in the Catholic shame home, before she surrendered me for adoption. Um, so we collaborated on a deck. Um, she also was in the human services field, and this deck is. Uh, it's, it's a deck based in Jungian psychology. We drew on my degrees and her career. She used to see, she used to see uh, people at Hazelden, Chicago, who were in recovery from substance abuse. And then she also did other human services work. So we did this deck, and it's about, it's about getting in touch with your emotions. Hmm. It's called the Golden Emotions Deck. Um, it's basically a self-reading oracle deck. Um, each card has one emotion and the extremes of it on the top and the bottom, and it, it can be read clearly both ways, and it's got one of her images. Hmm. Um, and there are five suits. And then I, I wrote a book. I wrote a companion book to go with it in the fall. And um, we now have a book, um, a paperback. I have about, I don't know, five hours of cleanup left on the paperback file. I have a box. And so it, we're working on a Kickstarter. Wish me luck. <laughs> wow, that sounds exciting. Um, it's, been a, it's been a lot, but um, it, it's, it's all part of that. It's part of exercising the sacred creativity and you know, practicing what I preach. So let me ask you this. So for some people who may not know what this Oracle deck um, would be, um, is, what is it? Or, okay, sure, let me back up. Um, so I've used two different terms. I've talked about tarot decks and oracle decks. Tarot is a, a really old system of kind of fortune telling, and it's based on an Italian um, card deck, several card decks, and it's, it's, it was originally a game, and it was called Tarocci, and that originally got shortened up to tarot, and there are typically 78 cards in a tarot deck, and all tarot decks have the same, just kind of the same cards. They're, they're standard. Oracle decks, on the other hand, those are the wild, wild west of fortune-telling decks. They can be literally anything. I've seen, and I have, I've seen oracle decks that have rock stars on them. So you pull, you pull cards and you're basically getting advice from rock stars. Or I've seen, you know, country-themed oracle decks. Or I've seen, it, it, it's unlimited, only by your own imagination. So what I did was an oracle deck. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and, and got it grounded in 
in the, the psychology of emotions and uh, specifically the shadow work of Carl Jung. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah. these um, decks, now I have used medicine cards and runes. And I Very know similar. That, yeah, I, they um, are made to enhance your intuition so if you're yes. if you're thinking along certain lines or if you're having a feeling about a project then you can do a medicine card spread and it you can look to see is is it connecting with how you're feeling is exactly that, okay yep mm-hmm. yeah and um and there is a there's actually i know that you're still early in your um SWS program, there's a whole tarot uh, module in there. Hmm. So you'll be, you'll be going through a bunch of that. And uh, yeah, so and I actually, I actually did two decks last year, but I'm, we'll, we'll just talk about this one. <laughs> yeah. So tell me more. What, what else do you want to tell us about this part of your journey? Um, just that, um, that, that, you know what? Let's stop there. I could I could keep going, but let's stop there. Okay. It's not really it's not really about me. It's about it's about the principle of constant creation. Okay. Like like I'm I'm not done. The fact that I'm I'm putting the finishing touches on project number one. Now it's time for me to move on to project number two, and uh, and I'm yeah I'm I'm working on other things, but as we all are. So, in whenever I um, talk to people about um, how they've moved through their life with these tools, they've mm-hmm. gone, you know, it. From what I hear you talking about, these you were kind of hiding your real, true self. Yep. And through these tools that you discovered along the way. Um, you found something that was working for you, but still were suppressing how you really felt about what you wanted to do in life. And so how did you take that step? What was that turning point for you? I think we all reach a point. Well, I won't say all. (laughs) I think everyone who's on a spiritual journey reaches a point where it hurts more to stand still than to get moving. Hmm. And the standing still is the place where you're hiding your light. Hiding your light is hard work. It may not feel like it. Standing still may not feel like hard work, but the human body was not meant to stand still. The human body is a motion machine. Hmm. I mean, we're a, we're, we are spirits having a human experience, but the, the spirits were not meant to stand still inside of us. We're, we're supposed to be out there moving, doing stuff. And like there, we all have a purpose. So for me, there was a, it was almost like a, a, a lightning realization that I was put here for something. And that something wasn't sitting in a chair that was you know, in front of a computer screen, writing marketing copy that didn't need to be written because the product healthcare sells itself. Hmm. <laughs> right? right. I, I, 
I realized that um, that there had to be something far more important that I was set here to do. I had an inkling what it was. I got, I basically had a talk with myself, you know, I, I, I asked, you know, you have all these gifts, what are you supposed to be doing with them? And then I set about answering the question in the best ways that I knew. And I'm still, I'm still answering it by taking all the pieces apart, putting them back together again and seeing what I got. Right. So it's a process. Which, which is actually a definition of creativity. I love it. I love that. It feels yeah. like, I, I feel like you're just, you, you've reached freedom. Yes, and, and that's really where we're all heading. Um, one of the other things that I, I work with uh, when I work with people, um, not everybody gets introduced to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and that's a pity because it's such an important thing for everyone to understand. Not just about ourselves, but about everybody else that we interact with. But Abraham Maslow died before he finished it. And we're only now starting to understand that if you, if, you, if you go out to Google and you investigate the revised uh, pyramid of needs, there's a higher level than self-actualization. And what's um, that? And it's been added in the last couple of years, and it's self-transcendent. It's basically getting over yourself, literally getting over yourself, getting over the top of the pyramid getting beyond the little f self and getting in touch with something much larger than yourself. So to me, that is basically the definition of sacred creativity, something bigger than you, connecting with a much larger purpose and giving something back to others to help meet their needs at the lower levels, whatever those might be. So you help people to do that? I like to think I do. I like to think that I help people start to take a look at their own um, unmet needs because we've all got them. And sometimes they're so unmet and they've been so unmet for so long that we can't even identify them. Um, so we start, we start where everybody is. I want to, you know, often, often we start with, uh, you know, self-knowledge exercises. And well, with everyone, we start with an extensive, an extensive inventory of, of likes and dislikes. And that's often hard for people because especially with folks who are starting out on a spiritual journey, identifying what you like versus what your family likes or what your community likes or what your faith community likes is hard. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and, and that's another thing that creativity can do for you because you create for yourself and no one else. That's amazing. What would you do? Like if somebody came to you and they just were, they knew they wanted to move forward, but they didn't know how, what, what would the first steps look like? First thing that I would do, that I do when I work with somebody who wants to start a, a, a creative practice to start healing and, and growing is I, I ask them when was the last, the last time that they felt pure joy. And then I try to ask them when was, when was a time in their lives when they were regularly feeling pure joy, because that's usually a time when they were feeling creative. And sometimes that's when they were a kid. Hmm. Sometimes it's, sometimes they had to, 
get beyond childhood to feel some. Sometimes they never have, and then we will try to dial in on, okay, well, when can you... When can you experience joy? Like, is it when you're coloring? Is it when you're doodling? Is it when you're at an amusement park? And then we'll try to identify the components. And it is usually when they're when they're making something, or you know, if if they're if if people say it's when they're playing games, then we'll try to identify. Okay, what kind of games are you playing? And what about the games are you enjoying? We'll always we'll always be able to to zero in on what it is that they're enjoying. What senses are engaging? And, um, and how they might be able to then engage those senses in acts of creation rather than consumption. Hmm. Because it's the consumption that drains us, and it's creation that fills us up again. I like that. I like how you take people to the point of, you know, them f- discovering what is their true joy. Yeah, yeah, I can't tell them. I can't. I can't ever tell anyone anything. I can. I can ask the questions, and I. I have have vast libraries of resources and things that people can try, and um, you know, at, avenues that they might explore in, you know, from free to go to you know go to Michaels and load up a cart, you know, but, yeah. <laughs> but everything in between is really up to them. So if somebody wanted to get in touch with you um, to talk more to you about um, the sacred creativity, how could they do that? Right now, my website, like like a cobbler's children, is terribly unshod and not terribly updated, but it is denisemmontgomery.com. Some of my art's on there. Um, eventually, I intend to migrate one of my other sites where the cards are over there. And, uh, yeah, let's just say denisemmontgomery.com. I'm also, I I do daily card readings on um, TikTok. (laughs) And you can find my link tree at linktree slash creative magique. And that has all of my links. Like, you can find everything, including the cards that are for sale at makeplayingcards.com through the link tree. Well, I will add that to the show notes um, for this podcast so that anybody who um, is listening and is interested can contact you. Yeah. Oh, and the, um, and the book, Me and My Shadow, which is the companion book to the cards, is on Kindle already. So you can go and grab that. Oh, wow. Yeah. You've been busy. <laughs> I, I have. It's been a busy couple years. <laughs> wow. Well, is there anything else you want to share with the listening audience? I would encourage you all to go out and just 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 make something. Uh, doodle, hum, sing along with the radio, dance like nobody's watching, journal, color, do needle craft. So I, you know, just cook, make cookies, whatever. Make something. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> make something. I love it. Well, Denise, thank you so much for being on my podcast. And I really feel like what you've said is going to help people. Um, And uh, we will put all of your information on um, the show notes so that anyone who wants to get in touch with you can. And I just want to thank you. And I'm so happy that you're my mentor. 
and the, in the um, spiritual wellness course. And I'm learning, I'm looking forward to learning more. I am thrilled to be mentoring you, Lisa. Thank you so much, Denise. Bye-bye. Bye.